Uh, hey, um, there's so many announcements that Andrew didn't finish them all. Um, there's, actually, th- these were given to me. We've just got a couple of uh, announcements in terms of church staffing uh, that I wanted to communicate. So Dan Nischke, after three years serving wonderfully as a trainee at the church, um, and particularly during the, the COVID times when we were on Zoom and on the church oval and on the, the school oval and, and Open Park and so forth, um, Dan's finished up working for the church. Um, but he, he needs two replacements. Uh, one is um, we have an intern in Ryan Linneman. So an intern is someone who's studying full-time at Bible College um, but getting a bit of training and coming along with the church staff. So Ryan Linneman um, is joining as an intern. And Bet Klusky has, over the last little while, she's been volunteering some, some hours uh, with the, the church office in sort of administrative help. Uh, you remember I put the call out at the last AGM for people to consider that. Anyway... We have um, invited her to, to come on in a part-time role in, an, in administration. I should have organised some, some pictures of, of these folk, but they will be up the front here in the coming weeks so that you can get to know them. All right. It's probably true that by, by the way we measure things, that we are currently living in a time and place which is arguably the, the easiest to exist in all of human history. So by that I mean we have one of the, the highest life expectancies ever. We have um, more leisure time than ever before and we have more disposable income, right? It should be one of the easiest times to live. Moreover, we have little chance of, of disastrous calamity in the, in the way of war, starvation, pestilence. So it should be the easiest stress-free time in which to live. But the reality is, it isn't. That's not our lived experience, is it? Uh, we touched on this last week, but, but there's a genuine lack of friendships and loneliness that we feel. Uh, there's more anxiety, depression, mental health. And, th- and these things is not just, I think, because we're more aware of them, but because... Uh, these problems are, are deeper and more widespread than ever before. Now, I was listening to a podcast this week, and th- this podcast suggested, and it really made me think, that a challenge for us is that we are constantly facing mini crises in our lives. And you think even our, our young people and, and students these days compared to generations ago have constantly got little pieces of assessment and tests and and, and things that are just causing little crises, little due dates and stuff in their lives. The, the, the COVID pandemic has been one little crisis after another in our lives. Now, it's, it's almost not affected us at all in, in many respects, but it's put these little crisis points in our lives. Even this week, I bet how many of you were had to make this decision on, on whether to take tests, if you've got to isolate or not. Uh, there's little Johnny's got... Um, a friend that sits two desks over him from him in class that's been positive. Does that mean that we shouldn't visit grandma this weekend? Just these little micro crises that this is creating in our lives. Of course, the, the war in Ukraine is a major crisis and calamity. But the domino effect of that in our lives, uh, is that going to precede wars in other parts of, of the, wo- the world, uh, Taiwan and elsewhere? The, the social changes that are, are happening all around us, even over the last few years, 
they, they tend to create these little crisis moments for us all the time. Uh, we, especially as Christians, we, we don't want to be seen as the bad guys in discussions around sexuality or marriage or gender or culture. Just little crisis moments. Cost of living crisis. Now, this is, is pretty big, particularly if you, you're trying to get into the housing market. But, but, it, but for all of us, we're, we're seeing petrol prices go up, grocery prices go up. We go, we're in the supermarket and we're, we're making decisions around what we can afford and how this is affecting our overall budget. Just little crises. So I mentioned last week we have a friendship crisis. And even in our leisure activities, I just sort of have been thinking about this this week, but the, ten, the things that we tend to turn to, say reality TV, soaps, drama, news, uh, they're just filled with crises. That's actually what sort of is used to entertain us. And so we're not collapsing under any one major calamity, but little thousands of little paper-cut crises in our lives. You know, this past couple of months, uh, it, this has been true of me. Uh, you remember only a month or so ago, we, we had the time where we were in hub churches. And just the, the like organising seven or eight different hubs created a little crisis every, every week in, in my life. Uh, we've had the, the floods uh, in the past couple of weeks. Obviously, um, people directly affected. But for, for everyone, it's created these little crises. Uh, for us, we've, we've got a daughter with uh, significant medical challenges at the moment uh, and just all the extra medical appointments, uh, little crisis points and decision points in our lives. Um, add to that, to probably more pastoral matters than, than normal. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was feeling so overwhelmed by things that one of my kids just asked a simple question, is there anything that I can have to eat? And I just, I literally could not engage my brain to try and work through what we had in the fridge or pantry to be able to answer that question. Um, I'm pretty sure I said, just ask mum. <laughs> but the reality is that these wounds and this brokenness, they don't need to be left unhealed. The paper cuts of crises which are causing us to, to actually bleed out need not overwhelm. There is a power and a strength which is offered to us, which not only heals us, but according to the book of Romans, it produces endurance, character, and hope. As I said, we began going through this amazing letter to, to the Romans back in 2017. Now, if you weren't here or you've forgotten how the letter began, um, you're in luck because Paul has done the classic essay technique. He's told us at the start what he's going to say, then he spent 16 chapters saying it, and now right at the end he's telling us again what he has said. Okay, so right back at the start, uh, the letter starts with the purpose and the power of the gospel. Let me show you from just the, some of the opening verses. So in, in chapter 1, verse 5, the, the purpose of the gospel... Uh, to bring about the obedience of faith. So that's to, to bring about trust in Jesus in our life um, for the sake of his name, so for, for God's glory among all the nations. Uh, the purpose of the gospel is the good change in us for God's glory that's occurring through all nations and generations. Uh, but not only that, 
the, the gospel, the good news about Jesus has power. We sang about this before, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. So that's how Paul introduces things. And for, for 16 chapters, we've been looking at the wonderful purpose and power of the gospel to take us from being sinners to being righteous in the eyes of God, according to chapter 3. Take us from being enemies of God to being reconciled with the creator of all of the universe, according to chapter 5. To take us from being dead. Remember, if you are dead in your sin... Sorry, it's Ephesians. Um, the wages of sin is death, um, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Take us from death to life. Uh, from enslaved to free, enslaved to our own sins and passions, to free to worship God and to live for him. Uh, from condemned and under judgment uh, to heirs, co-heirs with Christ, according to chapter 8. Chapters 9 to 11 just beautifully and wonderfully outline how um, God is a God of all the nations. And we've been looking this last term at, at chapter 16, 12 to 16, which has shown that the power of the gospel for us to be transformed and mobilized to live because of God's mercy according to his ways. All right, so the, the letter starts with his purpose and power. All through is the purpose and power of the gospel and concludes with the power and the purpose of the gospel. So that's what we're going to look at today. I know that's a long introduction. The, the points will hopefully not be comparably long. The power of the gospel. Now, where does the, the power of the gospel come from? Verse 25 tells us, Now to him who is able to strengthen you. So it's him. It's, it's, it's God that, that Paul's talking to here. Now, it's interesting. That word is able. That's the same word that we just sang about in, in chapter 1. Right? When we say, is the power of God for salvation. That word able there is the, it's the same word in the Greek. And it's interesting as you compare sort of them as bookends. At the start, we've been told that God gives us the power. The gospel is the, the power for salvation, to save us, to bring us into right relationship with, with God. Um, but it's also the strength here, able to strengthen. So not only does, does the, the gospel bring us into right relationship with God, but it carries us on with him. And that's really important because I think sometimes we, we think of the, the gospel, trusting in Jesus as being sort of this one-time event that when we do that, uh, we're then sort of saved for all eternity, which is true. Um, but it's, it's also true that God's love doesn't, just continues with us. And the love that he shows in the gospel means that we're now living not in our own strength, but in his power and strength. And how is he strengthened? Well, it's the good news of Jesus. He goes on to say, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now, he's saying the same thing in two ways here. Um, my gospel, that's what Paul has been proclaiming for the last 16 chapters, is the same as, as the preaching of Jesus, not only Jesus' words himself, but it's true of when Jesus himself is proclaimed. The gospel is the substance of what Jesus has done and how God has shown us his love in Jesus Paul then interestingly goes on to, to sort of show how this was always the plan. Right? So he says, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, 
but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known. That's a, that's a pretty long there, but what, what he's saying there is that it's actually been like a mystery. You know when you watch a, a mystery show on TV, there's these little clues, but it really is often not till the end that you can, can sort of look back and understand what's been going on. Um, God's plan throughout all of history has been to send his son to save and to redeem and to strengthen her people for himself. Okay, and this has now been revealed. So we can now look back knowing that it was always about Jesus and see that this has always been the plan throughout human history through the scriptures. In fact, in, in a couple of weeks, starting from Easter, we're, we're going to start a 10-week teaching s- series, which we're calling the, the Jesus Story. And the little tagline for that, well, you know how little taglines we put what the books or whatever we're going to be teaching on? This one is Genesis to Revelation. So in 10 weeks, we're going to cover through the whole story of the Bible. It's going to be some speed reading for whoever's got to read some of those weeks. Um, <laughs> um, but but the, the point of us going through that is because we want to see the truth in what Paul is communicating here. That the whole Bible story and God working throughout human history is all one big story that connects into the coming of Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world. And that story, as we see that story and God working that and displaying his love in Jesus in human history and in the pages of the Bible, connects our story to him. It makes sense of our story and our lives as well. So please get excited for, for that coming up starting in, in Easter. Just getting, getting back to this idea that God is able to strengthen us through the gospel, through the good news of Jesus. Uh, I think it's helpful for us to think of the gospel acting in our lives a little bit like superglue. Okay? So I don't know if you've ever read on superglue where it says that once you use it, it is like stronger, the material is stronger than what it was before the superglue was used. Uh, that is actually really true of us. When we have wounds and and, and things and brokenness that comes through our sin and through others' sin, when the, the gospel is applied to that, when we really do receive the mercy and love of Jesus, then that actually strengthens us and heals us stronger. But if you're going to use superglue, you need to recognize your brokenness. I mean, did you, I wonder how much you resonated with what I said at the beginning, these little crisis moments. Are you constantly anxious and worried and stressed about different things? Are there areas of your life, are there different things where you are not trusting God, where you're not seeing his love for you? Are you trying to survive in your own strength? Now, I often... Um, often see people's wounds from past hurts. Um, Often these hurts are caused by relationships. Sometimes it's their sin. Sometimes it's others' sin uh, towards them. But if the gospel hasn't been applied, if there's not true repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation, then these wounds get easily opened again and are worse. So are there wounds 
in your life? Are there people that you are unreconciled with? Are there, is there sin that you are unrepentant of? Is there forgiveness that you need to offer to someone? Please be honest with yourself and others. Are there many crises that you're consistently trying to overcome in your own strength? Will you trust God? Don't let that wound become infected and get worse. Because we're told here that God is able. And he has shown he's willing because Jesus himself has come to show us his love and his mercy. Will you receive the, the healing for the brokenness, the ointment for the wounds? Receive help by trusting that Jesus has saved us. And he loves you. Will you be strengthened? Sometimes in this we need others' help. So let's help one another to, to remind ourselves of God's love and grace and mercy to us. And don't be afraid to ask when you're struggling. Shared... Um, Shared a number of months ago, uh, one, one of our daughters has been was struggling to, to walk, to even stand. Um, she's diagnosed with, with juvenile arthritis. Uh, and, and I shared the, the sort of the medication that had enabled her to walk. And, and part of the, the medication um, sort of helping stop her immune system from, from attacking the joints. Now that that medication um, comes in the form of a needle that we we have to give to her every Friday night. But that needle has caused a crisis every week in our family. Um, just just week after week, it was just getting a little bit worse and a little bit worse. Um, our daughter was getting more anxious. Um, in our in our family, the Friday night is often movie and pizza night. And one night she, she said, I hate pizza. It's just heartbreaking to, to, to travel out with, with your child. And, and of course, as we came to, to, to give the needle week to week, I would try and sort of almost enforce that she would be strong and brave. Right. And, and you know, like if you've ever had needle, it's like it's two seconds of pain. Um, and so you just sort of got to toughen up, don't you? And have the needle and then it's all, all fine. And I would sort of approach it like that. And, and sort of as she was getting more emotional, I would get more emotional. And you'll remember sort of nine or ten weeks ago, I, I was sort of asking everyone, please pray for tender hardness for me. And it was very much for me around that giving of the needle moment. 
and I, you, you might remember the, the Sunday that I had lost my voice. Um, the Friday night previous to that, I had, I had not been able to talk at all. And it was amazing how that Friday night, when we came to give the, the needle, instead of me sort of escalating the anxiety and so forth, Carly was able to calm out, taught it down, and she even sort of counted down herself to the needle. Um, and it was, it was an incredibly eye-opening um, time for me in, in, in not being able to, to say anything, in not being able to sort of be hard-hearted. Um, God taking away my voice, I was able to see that, that actually um, the, the loving and caring <laughs> and kind approach um, really helped in that situation. You know, since then, I, I do not say anything at needle time. That is, that is the best thing for me to do. And week by week, it has been getting better and better. Every time that the needle goes well, we do a little smiley face um, next to what we, where we write it down. And now for like seven, eight weeks, we've, we've had the little smiley face next to the needle. Uh, but I share that because often when we face these little crises in our lives, we're, we're so likely to try and do things in our own strength. Right? We're, we're trying, we, we think our way is best. Uh, and I've been humbled by the Lord in taking away my voice. And, and in a sense, um, it is best for me to just stay quiet in that situation. To, to see um, that, that what my daughter needed there was just loving, compassionate, kind words. And the change in her has been dramatic. Often the way that the gospel is applied is in our weakness. And it makes sense because it's when we are brought low, it's when we cry out in desperation, we see that it's actually only the love of God that he has shown to us in Jesus that can meet our needs, that can solve whatever is before us. He is able to strengthen he does in the most amazing ways and he can and he does strengthen those wounds now that power he uses to save and to strengthen that has a purpose and in our passage we see three great purposes that come from the gospel the first is that there is a global change the gospel is for all the nations. It says there, it has been made known to all the nations according to the command of the eternal God. I love the way that God there is described as eternal. Um, it is the eternal God that has, in a time and place in history, entered into his creation. And that good news is spreading to all the nations, to the ends of the earth. So glad that Dan and Kimmy Lewis are, are with us today because it's a, it's a reminder to us that the gospel is spreading to Chiang Mai, Thailand. Uh, it's, it's spreading in, in Brisbane, around Australia, around the world. God's gospel has a global purpose. But the gospel is personally good. It, it creates good change in us as well. Uh, Paul here writes to bring about the obedience of faith. It's the same phrase that he used right at the start uh, in chapter 1, verse 5, the obedience of faith. 
Now, when we hear that phrase, I think we, we tend to categorize sort of faith and obedience really separately. Okay? But I love the way it's, it's, it's here together, obedience and faith, the obedience of faith. Um, and I think one of the problems and challenges that we have is we, we do try and separate those things. So it's, it's almost like we would try to, to do a deadlift or something one-footed. And we would say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in, in Jesus and that's what I'm doing in my life. And we try and do that sort of one-footed, but we don't then seek to, to trust him for how we're going to walk and how we're going to live. Right? We're, we're, we're trusting him for, for a salvation um, but not for, for life. And, and the other one-footed that we can do is we can we start trying to walk in our own strength and power, in our own obedience. We're trying to do the deadlift just on the, the, the other foot. Um, but we're called to, to live by the obedience of faith. Uh, that, that's both together. Um, see, trusting Jesus and trusting the love of God and seeking to walk in his way obediently. Okay, do you see how they, they go together? I think that's so helpful and important for us. That produces good change in us for all eternity. And it is all for the glory of God. Verse 27, what an end to the letter. To the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, listen to the way that God is described. The only wise God. Uh, you might be reminded there of, of the end of chapter 11 where Paul just sort of magnifies the, the wisdom of God. But when you think about it, what human or even angel could ever conceive of this gospel plan where the divine would become human? Who, who, who could ever conceive of this plan where the, the sin uh, would be justly punished, but where the sinner would be justified. Or he could conceive of the plan where the, the perfect one, God himself, would come and be broken to make the broken perfect and righteous in his sight. The gospel glorifies God both because it declares to us his love and his mercy and his goodness but also because it is the very gospel that saves and strengthens us to be eternal worshippers of him, glorifying him forever. So what an end this is to, to the great letter to the Romans. You know, we would often end our own letters or communication sort of expressing some sort of relationship between us and the, the person we're sending it to. Say thanks or kind regards, sincerely, lots of love. Uh, but I think Paul ends in a way sort of better and more wonderful note. Uh, and this is, this is common in the, the New Testament. He ends on what's called a doxology, which is a glory saying. And he's saying here, God is glorious. It's a final reminder to, to all of us. And it's a reminder we need because if God truly is glorious, if the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, then every step of your life, every crisis we encounter, is an opportunity to trust God and his goodness to us in Christ. He will bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name to all nations, including you, who are in 
Jesus Christ. To him be the glory. Let's pray. Father, we praise you for your glory. Lord, we want to confess uh, that, that you are merciful, uh, that we, we have sinned. We are broken both by our own sin and we're broken by others' sin towards us. Um, Lord, in, in many cases, we, we are walking around just wounded. Uh, we try to do things in our own strength. We have not loved you um, as we ought. And yet, you have come into our brokenness. You have come into this broken world. Jesus has entered into the pages of history as you always planned. And he has shown us the love and the kindness and the compassion, the mercy that we need. Uh, he has died for our sins so that we might be justified. And not just so that we can be made right with you, uh, but so that we can live as those who are loved. Father, help us to be strengthened by your love to us in the gospel. Help us to walk in those ways. And I pray, Lord, uh, for any that are feeling acutely different wounds that sin have caused right now. Your love in the gospel would be the ointment and the strength to not only heal those wounds, but to actually then act as an outpouring of your love towards you and others. Father, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.